When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on in Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Out in Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn 104.9 AM 1260 and HornFM.com with the Longhorns play and Austin Talks Sports. Start it up. It's your Friday. That means your weekend is here, and it's a busy one, as we just went through in our uh, last segment. A lot happening in and around town, in and around Texas, and looking forward to it. Several of you have already mentioned the uh, Two-Step In Festival up in Georgetown. If you're into music, you've got that covered, too. They've got a big festival up there in Georgetown that everybody's fired up about. And it's got a great lineup, by the way. It really does. Uh, Zach Bryan will be a headliner. Uh, Tyler Childers, the... uh, the great country singer out of uh, Kentucky. He'll be out there. Also, Midland, who makes their home in Dripping Springs. They're a cool band. So, yeah, there's a lot to do. A lot going on in Austin. And the weather looks great, by the way. It's going to be in the low 90s tomorrow for the spring game. On uh, top about eight, about 81 degrees today. Uh, but, yeah, this is the, the, the headliner there, Buck, at uh, the festival is this guy, Zach Bryan. He's a guy out of Oklahoma. But he's a U.S. Navy veteran who served our country, and then he came back and had written all these songs, and now he's put them. I mean, he has just been like a comet. Started listening to him like five years ago when he was posting the worst quality. Yeah, he was like singing on online, right? Oh yeah, it was it was very bad quality for like sound wise, but his voice was so good that I've just I so can't, five years ago he was still in the Navy then doing that. Um, I mean, right out of it, I think he he moved up to like Portland at one point and was just like in this. And some some guy up there built a, a recording studio in his barn, and he was out there recording for a long time. Um, yeah, he's really good. I've followed his career up to this point, and he's going to blow up even bigger. I think it's, uh, it's people say you have to say it faster. It's two stepping. Yeah, the two stepping fest. I got nice because uh, it's written two step in fest, like it would be a an in and but a two stepping. Two stepping. Well, they should put a hyphen next to it then. Two stepping. Or put the number two. I get it. I know. I can two. Can you two step? By the way, I still can. Yeah. I got really good at it when I was I wasn't, working. I'm at not smooth. I'm not smooth at it. I had yeah, to work at smooth, it, but I'm not. Man. I used to be. Smooth. I used to be able to do the flip. When I'm in high school, whoa! Ooh. When I was, you know, look at you doing my musicals That's and a, stuff. Oh, well, you had to do time, that yeah. when you did like the musical, like Oklahoma. When you guys did Oklahoma, oh, you, had to be able to, Oklahoma. you had to be able to flip and do all those kind of things, didn't you? You know, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at college basketball and football, Ian. I, 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 I was. I used to be able to consider myself, but I can still. I would still be able. Even as an old man, go out and recruit and and sell. I really, you have to have a gimmick now. I don't think I could do that. You know, I I think I'm not like I'm an old man, but I wouldn't do TikTok dances, Bucky. I just don't think I could. I there's some gimmick. There's a gimmick to everything. You just can't. It's hard to just sell your university to kids. I mean, now with the portal and stuff, you start dealing with kids. They're not 17 and 18. They're 22. They're 23 already. Some of them already been places, and it's hard to you for you to sell. Some other place to them. They're like, dude, I've already been through that. I mean, you're selling more of a business now. Yeah, yeah. I'm, you're selling. You're right because I'm going to be here a year. 
what can I do? I need NIL money for two years, and then if somebody offers me $700,000, coach, buy to old university, I'm, I'm out. It's, I mean, well, that's the free you, market right there. I mean, yeah. but, but at the same time, uh, we'll hear from Steve Sarkeesian coming up in our coach's corner. Uh, he will ask, hear, hear him answer why he feels like what he's got right now is really good in a good place. Yeah. And for Rodney Terry, I'm thinking of him. I mean, his coaches, oh, these are the same guys that have to recruit. They have to sell the University of Texas. It's hard. I mean, it's hard to sell. You have to have some other gimmick to go along with just the university, it seems. And your NIL and all that I stuff. If I know if I'm with you on the adjective gimmick. Like, we could just define well, that for me. I don't know what that, like, money. You have to sell more than the university. Sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, you, and, you to, and yourself. You have to sell. There's well, got to be it, something. It, and let's also delineate college basketball versus football. In, in, in basketball, you have to compete in the marketplace now, right? It, that's just a fact. Um, because, at eight, especially next year when the new collective bargaining agreement goes through in the NBA, mm-hmm. and the one and done, they don't, have, they, they don't have to be one and done anymore. They can go straight, go right, straight to the straight NBA again, and yes. the G League. So you're now you're competing in the marketplace with, um, and, and now it'll, in basketball it's going to be more similar to what college baseball has been, where you know David previously Augie Garrido and coaches had to decide okay do I want to recruit this kid who's likely to be a first round draft pick in yeah the I'm end. still naive to the fact that you know talking to Moro the other day that what he's gotten out of his time at at the university you know what I mean Morojimo yeah, yeah well look I, mean, I, just, I still think again in football I mean I, I think because. There's still going to be a lot of kids that, that come in and take advantage of this degree and build in this program. and Because in, the, in football, you can't go straight to the NFL, right? You have, to, you have to play college football, essentially. But the NBA is different now, and it's getting more in the NBA. The basketball industry is different. And so, yeah, if you're Rodney Terry or any coach, you're, you're competing with the NBA, the G League, sports all over the – I mean, leagues all over the world, like we just saw with the A.J. Johnson decision. Um, and, it's, and it's the transfer portal. So, yes, it's a – it's an it's a constant fluid roster. It feels like, which is a new thing. But in football, I still think it's it's a lot more similar than it's than it is different. As far as if you build a good program, you sell a great brand, you can still build a solid core. Because um, we see people doing it uh, all over college football, uh, basketball. Though, yeah, you're right. Yeah, that industry is is cha- ever changing, and it's challenging. But I don't know. Like if you're Rodney Terry, you're still selling UT. You're still selling the facilities. You're still selling a great university. Um, you know, playing in a yeah, great. Yeah, because that's when I hear him talk. He talks about all of that, but dudes are just saying it later. Yeah, well, and that's the culture right now. Of you know, there's a lot of money in the industry. There always has been, and now the door's been opened to 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 for a little bit more free movement of that money. And um, you know, how many times do we see the the you know the scandals with? Well, we want this guy to go play one year, but we want him to wear our shoe. And we're going to put some money under the table for you. So when he comes out and he gets to the NBA, he's still wearing our shoe and he works for our agency. How do we assure that's going to happen? Well, now mm-hmm. that, that's been removed now. That, that under the table stuff has been eliminated and the shoe companies are still involved. The AU coaches are still involved. And it's now, now the NBA is, is, is re, re, removing the 19-year-old age limit in, here in, in, in the coming year. And so that's going to further change it. Uh, but again, well, we, two years ago with Chris Beard, we saw a, a, a coach come in, and he only had one player that he knew was coming back, and that was Brock Cunningham. Yeah, and like you said, we saw with LSU's women's basketball team. Yeah. And, that's a whole new, that's well, a whole and new team. And I guess team. I, to, to your question and, and the gimmick point was, we know when Chris Beard came in and he had one player, what did he sell? He sold playing for a national championship. He sold a great program. He sold the new building. He sold the vision of where the program can go, and it worked, right? He, he landed some, some really good players. And then Rodney Terry this year picked it up, and they they all came back, and uh, this team made a run nearly to the Final Four. 
So, you know, that uh, it's the challenge. But I do think coaches, and, and I think your point of, of, of admitting that you probably couldn't do it right now, the coaches that are in it, they just understand that's what it is. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of how it's got to be, right? I mean, what else are you going to do? You mean it's it's you can complain about it, or you can, or you can get right into it. Or, I mean, you can't because you can't, yeah, because you can't stop it, right? Yeah, it's. Uh, but as I said, it, it was it's getting more and more like college baseball because college baseball coaches have dealt with this for a long time. That you know, do I recruit this kid because he could go straight to the to the league for sure, um, or do I recruit this? Maybe he's not the five star kid, but he's going to come to me, and we're going to have him for three years. We're going to develop him and. You know, I think I think basketball coaches and there are no, and there are no guarantees that even if they come for your university and all the great things you have to offer, that they will do well at that. How, right. You know what I mean? There's no guarantee that okay, or will they take advantage of it like Morrow, like we talked to? I mean, there are a lot of guys who just won't take advantage of it. Yeah. It's just not in their nature. Well, and like AJ Johnson. Well, let's get to that headline and then we'll pick it up and dive into our coach's corner. Also, at the bottom of the hour, uh, Eric Goodman will join us. He covers the Austin FC for the Austin Chronicle. His thoughts on the uh, the Oaks as they play a home game tomorrow night and they and they turn things around here. They're off to a rough start in year three. Uh, it's been a, not been a great two months to start this season. We'll talk to Eric. Also, hot or not for the end of the hour, uh, we roll forward. But first, the trending topics. UBO Business Services brings it to you. Start with Texas Hoops. And, yeah, the wave of 2023 roster attrition continued yesterday for the Longhorns with the word that Texas high school signee A.J. Johnson, the 6'5 point guard out of Los Angeles, California, decommitted from the program and assigned instead a professional contract with the Illawarra Hawks of the Australian National Basketball League. Uh, he was one of the two-person class for the Longhorns in 2023, along with Duncanville forward Ron Holland. As it stands now, Rodney Terry and the Longhorns do not have a scholarship guard uh, that are, they are certain will be back on the team next year. Tyrese Hunter declared for the NBA draft but could return. Rowan Brumbaugh and Arturio Morris have both entered the portal. The spring football, Texas uh, head coach Steve Sarkeesian and the Longhorns wrapped up their 14th and final spring practice yesterday morning. They're now set to take the field tomorrow at DKR for the program's annual orange-white game. It's presented by the Texas One Fund. Texas head coach Coach Sark said that it will be a competitive game with a scoreboard, unlike last year. Uh, parking lots open at 7 tomorrow morning. Bevo Boulevard and Longhorn City Limits open at 9. And that will include an autograph session with the team along Bevo Boulevard. Our pregame coverage here on the Horn will be live at 11 a.m. Game kicks at 1. Major League Baseball, that incredible start of the Rays continued yesterday. They beat up on the Bo Sox 9-3. They've won 13 straight games to start the season and outscored their opponents by more than 70 runs. They tied the 87 Milwaukee Brewers, 92 Atlanta Braves, the only team since 1901 to begin the season on a 13-game win streak. They can set the all-time mark tonight, at least in the modern era, when they play at Toronto. Rangers and Astros both had the night off. Round Rock beat Tacoma 2-1 in 10 innings. Texas baseball team will open a Big 12 series uh, tonight in Waco, facing the Baylor Bears in a set of three. It's a uh, Longhorn sitting atop the Big 12 standing at 6-3 and three right now. Baylor at the bottom at 4-8. and eight. Head coach David Pierce, though, yesterday here on B&E told us that they have an improving ball club, uh, especially in their home park. They started very slow, new team, new, uh, new staff, and you can start to see them coming together. They won their first series against K-State at home, uh, then they lost two series on the road, and then they win the series at home against Oklahoma. So this is a team that's continuing to get better. They've played really well at home, so you know we are no, no way in any position to take anyone lightly, and so we've got to be prepared to go in there and play our best baseball to win. Uh, Friday starter Lucas Gordon gets the ball tonight, 6.30. First pitch, you'll hear it live here on the Horn. They'll play Saturday and Sunday afternoon as well. Washington Commanders owner Dan Snyder and his wife Tanya have reached a preliminary, non-exclusive agreement to sell that franchise to a group led by Josh Harris and a group that includes Magic Johnson. The staggering bill would be $6.05 billion if approved. 
This segment brought to you by UBO Business Services. Great people, great service, endless possibilities. That's UBO Business Services. Visit them at ubeo.com. Yeah, I think your question is a, is a fair one. It's, it's, you know, are you going to recruit through the portal and try to bring in maybe guys that, that someday could play in the NBA but, but are, are likely to stick in your program for a few years? Um, you know what? Are you going to not? Oh, we saw it all over the nation. They're they're playing in, in these Cinderella schools oh, yeah. and playing well. Well, and then they're you know UConn just won the national championship, and their head coach Dan Hurley said we didn't we didn't have one kid come here for an NIL deal, not one. Well, they came here to play basketball for UConn right. and build a program. And you know, so again, every program will be different. I think Rodney Terry has given his vision. It's kind of built on what Chris Beard's vision was, which was you know be a Monday night program, cutting down the nets for a national championship, playing a great building, play a great university with a great brand, and but at the same time you have to choose: are you going to go young players who are like these that, that could be one and done kind of players, or are you going to recruit more, you know, guys who can be in your program, you know, three and four years? The big guy at UConn, Buck's been there three years. You know, the big guy mm-hmm. that was the most outstanding right. player, he's a seven footer, uh, but he's he's been in that program. So obviously, it's it's the changing face, and unfortunately for Longhorn fans, this is the second time in three years that you really have to rebuild the program. Chris Beard had to do it two years ago, and did a nice job of it along with the staff. And Rodney Terry was a big part of the rebuild, right? He recruited Marcus Carr. He recruited uh, was the lead recruiter on a lot of the. Key oh no, guys this is not in. a surprise to them. They knew this stuff. This kind of yeah. stuff could happen to them. Yeah, I think so. Especially with the veteran team they had, right? You were going to lose four or five key guys just by graduation. They're out of eligibility. Um, Marcus Carr and uh, Timmy Allen, uh, they, that group just they they had they're gone they're done and uh, their careers are, are over, and so you knew that so the, the core of your team gone, Tyrese Hunter and Dylan Mitchell and I, I got into a, a, a debate on Twitter with some people about this that you know I think I think everything that's happened would have been happening no matter who the coach was, um, you know because people are, are well did we make the right hire with Rodney Terry everybody's leaving, well again I think if Chris Beard was still here they hired someone else. Those guys are going to go look anyway. The, the 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 top guys were out of eligibility. We knew that. Tyrese Hunter and Dylan Mitchell were going to test the NBA. Uh, that's just just like Marcus Carr and and this Dylan DeSue did last year. It's their it's their form. It's their option to learn and get all the information and, and gather and get their get face to face with some NBA folks to find out what they're looking at and seeing. And then you know the Arterio Morris Rowan Brumbaugh decision was was their own right. I mean Arterio. For whatever reason, as we heard from Jerry Hamilton yesterday from Inside Texas, there kind of been grumblings all year that he wasn't happy with his minutes, and you know, he went home for Easter, and you know comes back, and now he's in the portal. Yeah, everybody's got their their voice in your ear. Yeah, and then you know obviously the AJ Johnson one came as a surprise yesterday. I was told that it didn't come as a surprise to the coaches that this is one of the reasons that Rodney Terry went out to Los Angeles last week to talk to AJ. But that this deal, you know, an Australian team comes in and offers you seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. It's pretty good money for an eighteen-year-old kid to go play one year of basketball and then be drafted next year into the NBA. That's what you're competing. When I say you're competing in the marketplace, you're a worldwide marketplace of basketball. Yeah, it seems like those teams can start making promises to you if you go do this or if you go do that. Here's what we'll do for you. Here's where we're going to draft. Yeah, and those you. are established professional leagues. It's the right. it's the, uh, the Australia's version of the NBA. And so they're all, they're going to pay the kid nicely, and they'll uh, get to play against grown people, professionals, and uh, you know get better that way instead of coming here and who knows is he a ten or fifteen minute player this year for Texas? That was the decision he had to make. And as we said, his mentor is Jalen Green, the Houston Rockets young star, and he also went straight to the G League. He never stepped foot on a college campus on his way to being the second pick into the NBA draft, and now uh, an emerging star with the Rockets. 
Uh, all right, let's dive into our coach's corner. It's brought to you by Tom McKay and his crew at Audiovisual Consultations. Audiovisual Consultations and Tom McKay, the really smart guys who never make you feel stupid. You're going to like that that big 85 inch screen TV when you're watching the USFL this weekend and some of those new unis or some of those old unis because that, this is a second year for them, right? They were in existence last year, Who? correct? When didn't the USFL play? They've already kind of been together. Yeah, the USFL is back online. That's something no one will watch this weekend. Maybe what? Well, you, Ty, I'm going to be watching. You know, Ty got his money back from the government. You know what Ty's doing with that money? Well, he's going to bet on Texas in the spring game. Oh, is he really? Who you got? You got orange. orange. Got orange or white. (laughs) Yeah, in addition to everything else that's happening around the uh, sports landscape, the USFL joins the XFL. They will go head-to-head for the next couple of weeks. And yeah, we told you yesterday, Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy is beginning his broadcasting career. He'll be on uh, Color Analysis. You know, the either, what is it, Fox and NBC are going to broadcast all 43 of the USFL's games, and including games this weekend, and Colt McCoy will be on the call of some games this year. And while he's still going to be playing for the Arizona Cardinals come the fall, he's going to be doing some TV work here in the spring. As for the spring, uh, you know, we know Steve Sarkeesian running the, the, the promo that talks about how he really likes how this team looks. Uh, it looks like my team, he says. You know, it looks like the team I envisioned when we got here a couple of years ago. And now we, we look out on the field and we see the bigger, faster, stronger team we want. Sark, when he was on with Craig Way, and Jeff Howe earlier this week also said this about the culture. What he also likes about this team is it's not just about the players. It's it's not just about they look bigger and they're faster and they're stronger. The attitude is really good and they're a tight-knit group. Here's Sark on why uh, he's pleased with uh, with where this thing is going in the spring and into the offseason. I think this is a very tight-knit building that we're in, building that uh, we're one that uh, is upbeat, is positive, but is relationship-based. And I, I don't think that anybody in our organization ever feels uncomfortable coming to talk to me about whatever it is. And that's always what I'd hoped I could, I could, I could develop here and, and instill here. And that, that to me as a coach, that's the beauty of it. Cause when you're connected that way on a personal level, man, that, that's a sure heck of a lot easier to go take the field and want to, and want to compete with one another and fight for one another uh, for a common goal of, of winning a championship. All right, so a tight-knit group, and I, I thought in there was interesting that you know no one in our team feels can, you know would not want to come in and sit and talk to me about something, which you know you've been on a lot of teams where oh, well that, didn't, didn't oh go they to say open open door, but that door really isn't open. <laughs> yeah, what are you coming in here for now? And what thought, do you need now? And you mentioned the Moro Ojimo conversation we had. He was in studio with us earlier in the week, and if you missed that conversation, please go back and listen to the whole thing. It's really he's a really really great young man. But you asked him the question. What about Sark? Uh, you know, you you were here with Tom Herman. You were here because I just thought the conversation with Morrow was fascinating because he's he came in here when he was 16 years old, and then there was coaching change and positional coach change for him and uh, COVID and and how Got that slapped year went. on the wrist for speaking his mind. I yeah. mean the whole thing. And then here comes Sark, and Sark's the new coach, and Bo Davis is his new defensive line coach, and his best two years came as a you know junior and a senior, his fourth and fifth and sixth, fourth and fifth years. Uh, under the coaching of Bo Davis, but you asked him specifically about Sark as a leader and as the head of the program. Here was Moro Ojimo on our show on Wednesday. You know, I think he's he's brilliant. All right, I think that you know his life. He's been able to take his experiences and people he's interacted with, and he's been able to bestow that on the football team. Right, we have great conversations. In team meetings, and he's teaching us things that are not only going to help us become a better team and a better football 
player, but he's teaching us things that are also going to be help us become a better man, right? And mm-hmm. things that are always gonna we're always gonna need, right? He talks about how you know you control your responses to everything, and how attitude is the single most important thing, right? And things that are really things that are controllables when you're waking up at. And I think that's kids are waking up at like 5 a.m. now. Like <laughs> things that, you know, at that time, like what can you do right now to become a better team, become a better player, and ultimately raise the University of Texas football program. All right, so that uh, back-to-back is interesting because Sark's saying it, that it's an open-door policy and I feel comfortable anybody would come see me. There's a player who echoed the same thing that, um, no, yeah, I mean, uh, it's Yeah, it's, it's nice when you can go talk to your coach, your, your head coach, not your position coach, your head coach about something – other than football, that's on your mind. Yeah, you know, and that coach and Sark has said this openly from the from day one that he's a relationship based coach. He wants to get to know his players, and he thinks he'll be a better coach because you know, obviously, he had the Washington opportunity and the USC job, and his own personal, you know, issues, you know, caught up with him there, and he had to battle that, and he still does. And but he says he feels like he can use that to connect with young people. That look, I mean. I've I've been in your shoes. I've been through some rough days when things aren't going great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I understand it and I can relate to it. And that you know, Morrow went on to say that uh, you you know we we use the word vulnerable and vulnerability. And Morrow was like, that's that's key, right? To be able to build trust and build a relationship is feel like uh, you know that coach has let his guard down a little bit, let you in a little bit, and then you can then do the same in that conversation. So you know, again, all reasons for optimism for the Longhorns that that Sark feels like the team is more talented and deeper, and that they are connected uh, and they do feel like they can you know come see Sark and that doubles back to the beginning of the hour conversation Buck that you know to me what if, if it's a gimmick that's what you sell is relationships you sell the the program and that you're going to come in and be part of this group and we're going to go do great things I think Kirby Smart has done a great job of building that at Georgia and we know Nick Saban has built that at Alabama and Steve Sarkeesian is trying to build it here uh, obviously there's still massive steps to be taken to get anywhere near those two programs but it's obviously the the yeah, winning will cure that part of yeah. it. Yeah, well, and, and I think the close-knit with talent, with everybody on the same page, leads to winning, mm-hmm. right? You, you take talented players, you get everybody together playing for one another, uh, feeling feeling like they're they're connected, well, that leads to wins. Uh, one leads to the other, in my mind. But, uh, yeah, you still got to coach it. <laughs> you still got to get into the fourth quarter and call the right plays and um, you know make the right decisions, well, yeah, and that's, that's going to be on Sark. When, when, when you depend on that person, that's where the, the – the student, the player has to depend on you yeah. to make some of the right calls and some of the right decisions and to guide us in a way that we know how to win, you know, with three minutes left in the game. Coach, where's your guidance? Here's your guidance right now. Well, we're there. We're, we're open-minded to anything that you say, but now now we're on the football field. we got three minutes to go. You're the guy going to call the plays. You're the guy that's going to make the decisions. I'm going to carry out what you tell me to do. I got that. I'm Now, I've, I've learned through through this whole course of – Two years with you, three years with you. I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to make. You got to make some calls too. Yeah, and we have to know, trust mutual in you. Trust on yeah, that mutual thing, trust is without right without a doubt. But it does feel like the uh, the locker room is in in sync with the coaches. And the other part of that Morrow talked about was you know there was times when he was here where he didn't where a lot of players didn't feel like they were improving, like they weren't getting better. Well, now now they're seeing the improvement. Morrow talked about Bo Davis and how much improved he is as a, as a player, and it's not a, a surprise that his last two seasons playing for Bo Davis were his best two seasons uh, playing at Texas. And Keandre Coburn, I think, would say a similar thing. And so, yes, you, you got to develop the people, but you got to develop the player. 
and there's got to be trust both ways that uh, we're all in this together for a common goal of, of being a championship program. All right, we'll come back. Good stuff right there. We'll take your thoughts on it. Coach's Corner, uh, wide-ranging conversation involving basketball, football, college athletics as it is in this current Longhorn group headed into the spring game tomorrow. Coming back, we, uh, we'll preview one of the big events of the weekend, Austin FC hosting Vancouver at Q2 Stadium. Have a quick visit with Eric Goodman, who covers that team. What are the issues they're dealing with, and uh, how can they climb out of them with Josh Wolf? We'll ask him that question coming next year on B&E. It's Bucky and Aaron. B&A with you on a busy Friday and a busy weekend is on tap. And part of that, uh, we've had about six people tell us about the big country music festival going on in Georgetown. This is Zach Bryan, who's one of the headliners of that event this weekend out in Georgetown, St. Gabriel, Gabriel Park, as we're going to have that. The Two-Step and Fest will be out there this weekend, so enjoy that. We'll play some uh, featured attractions for you because people fired up. For the spring game, for the NBA playoffs, for uh, live music in Williamson County, which should be a lot of fun. And that dude, Zach Bryan, is a, uh, a rising, since he is selling out of venues all over the country right now. Tyler Childers ain't shabby either, Midland. And I saw I saw on their lineup at the uh, Two-Steppin' Fest, Buck. T-Pain. T-Pain going to be hitting the stage. Come on, man. That's a C3 event, so you know it's going to be top shelf. Oh, yeah, for sure. They always do a great job. Charles Atoll and the team over there at C3, Live Nation, that's a, a great event. So a lot of stuff to, to choose from this weekend. Uh, MotoGP out at Coda, music, football at uh, DKR tomorrow with the spring game and um, treating it like a full game day with Bevo Boulevard and everything to happen. And uh, tomorrow night out at Q2 Stadium, the Austin FC trying to uh, pump some life into their early season. They're going to play Vancouver in a big match. And joining us to talk about it is our man Eric Goodman from the Austin Chronicle. Joins us on the Vaqueros Hotline. Eric, how are you, man? Doing great, gentlemen. Good morning. Good yeah, morning do- to you too, man. Hey, uh, Austin FC, off to, uh, is lethargic a good word for the start? I mean, I'll let you put your own adjective on it, but uh, if you combine the, the overall mark, you know, just seven points, two, three, and one in their matches, but also the, the poor performance in the CONCACAF uh, tournament, it's, it's kind of been a, a rough start to the year. What's your, what's your adjective for the first couple of months of, of Austin FC year three? Um, I, this might be a gerund, but I would just say trending down, uh, generally speaking, because, I mean, you're right. You know, there's, it's, a, it's a long, long season, and, and with MLS expanding the playoffs now, uh, kind of mimicking the NBA's play-in uh, situation where if you just place in the top nine out of uh, 14 in, in your conference, you've got a chance at the postseason um, and that, but that is where Austin is sitting right now in that ninth spot. So, um, I mean, no, not, you're not pressing the panic button yet, but I mean, all of these trend lines are not going in the direction you'd want to see them. Yeah, Eric. Well, uh, this is now a, this is a professional team. People are making professional comments about the head coach and what they need to do. And, you know, after three years, people start to know what your style is too. Are, are, are other teams just finding out a little bit more about Austin FC? I mean, as he always says, you know, they got film of you too now. They they understand what you're about and they understand your philosophies a little bit. So is that coming into play, obviously, a little bit now? Yeah, I think so. And, uh, and Josh Wolf made an interesting point after um, their last uh, match, the 3-0 loss um, at LAFC. Um, you know, he was asked, like, this season, are, do you feel like teams are starting to figure, guys, figure you guys out more? And he actually said he thought that was happening towards the end of last mm. season, which if you look... You know, they, they, they played such so well 
um, for the first, you know, four months. And it, it didn't really cost them to have a little bit of a downswing right before the playoffs. Um, but it, you're right. I mean, you look and, and, and there was, you know, a clear, you know, down downturn in the goal scoring. And that's where, you know, they're struggling the most right now. And I think Austin FC has just got to figure out how to play a lot less predictable of a game because if you're an opposing defense and, and you can force Sebastian Driussi away from goal and, and mitigate his threat, there's not a lot of other ways that Austin can hurt you right now. I mean, the ball will pretty much you know always find its way out to the wings where either a winger or a, or a fullback is going to try to cross it in. And, and then there's no real height. There's no real danger that Austin has in the box to get on the end of that cross, those crosses. And, and that makes it really difficult to score goals. Yeah. And the, you know, in addition to the, the two, you know, two, three and one record, one, one and one at home, uh, and then one and two on the road, the game last weekend at LAFC was just a complete mismatch. I mean, this is a team you played in the final four last year, the Western conference finals, and it just looked like uh, the varsity versus the junior varsity. And that had to be disheartening for the, for the club as well. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Right. Well, exact same scoreline as that Western Conference final. Both times a 3-0 loss. I mean, clearly those teams are, are operating on different levels. Um, but where I think the, the, the biggest difference is because you know, this, this was um, you know, kind of the focus of my column this week about how Austin and L.A., on the surface, they're, they're pretty similar uh, in terms of you know, how they're, they're both recent, very successful expansion teams with a lot of very talented players on the roster but where LASC has pretty much nailed it on every big DP signing they've had, whether it's Carlos Vela, Diego Rossi, Chicho Arango, these guys you know, have all been either league-leading scorers or MVP candidates. Uh, Austin, it's pretty much Sebastian Driussi and then a bunch of you know, players. When you, when you talk about DPs and these young guys, these young DPs like Rodney Redis, Musa Jite, uh, they have they they've pretty much whiffed on everybody other than Sebastian Driussi, and so that is you know you can chalk that up to uh, scouting and and obviously you know roster building. I think some of that also has to fall on Josh Wolf and and why is this coaching staff not getting the most out of these players that that the organization is optimistic about and thinks these are going to be impact players and yet Austin's not, not getting that production out of them. You know, Eric, when things start to happen, you start looking elsewhere. I mean, is there any, is there any help on the way offensively for this team? Uh, or are any new signings? Because that's, I, don't, I wouldn't call that the panic button. I just call that some more new blood into, infused into your, what you need to do offensively because they need to score more for sure. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't you know bank on that to be honest i mean the earliest that they could probably make some kind of impact signing uh would be closer towards the summer getting into june and july almost july yeah i mean they 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 made their their big attacking signing in chiasi zardes who has gotten off to to a pretty miserable start here um you know going games not not just without scoring but without you know providing putting a shot on goal Obviously, Emiliano Rigoni is in the same situation, um, really, really struggling out in, in his 
attacking right wing position. So, I mean, you know, you are going to get some help defensively. Um, they signed uh, on loan a center back, um, Radovanovic, who, who may make his debut this weekend. Uh, but, you know, it, Austin has the talent to score to score goals. So and they're going to have to figure it out with with the guys that they have. Yeah, and a lot of people wondered about Josh Wolf and the scheme. And as you talked about, they uh, if they can't get Jerusi clear, it's a, it's a tough tough nut. And the defense has struggled at times this year too. I know they just inked a new deal with Cascante, their defenseman. Uh, he's hopefully back soon from that that injury. Uh, what about the matchup with uh, Vancouver tomorrow night? Vancouver's right ahead of Austin in the standings. Austin sitting at the nine spot in the West. Vancouver's at the eight. They have nine points. Austin has seven. So safe to say, a, a, a critical match here, especially on home home pitch. Right, and Vancouver also coming off a 3-0 loss to LAFC, which, which they had to play on Tuesday as part of that CONCACAF Champions League that Austin you know, was already eliminated from. So you do get Vancouver on, on a really short week. Um, they, you know, all, pretty much all of their impact players were involved in that match on Tuesday. So, and this is a home, home game for Austin. So it's another one where you know anything other than than three points is probably not good enough, um, especially when you talk about building momentum uh, after this this sluggish start, like you mentioned. So yeah, I think it's I think it's a you know a, a quietly a very very big game for Austin and one that they need to need to take everything from, or else those concerns are just going to keep growing. All right, he is Eric Goodman. Follow him on Twitter, at Goodman, which is a great Twitter handle. He's a TV producer and sports writer for, uh, of course, the Austin Chronicle. And you read what a weekly column there, right, uh, Eric? And, and where else can they find you when they're looking for good soccer content from you? Yeah, that's right. You nailed it. Um, the Verde Report every in every issue of the Austin Chronicle comes out on Thursdays. And then, yeah, on Twitter, uh, you'll see all my uh, content as well. Goodman, G-O-O-D-M-A-N, because he's a good man, and he is our guest this morning. Thank you, Eric. Appreciate that. Looking forward to the match this weekend, and we'll talk again soon. Bye-bye. Thank you. All right, there's Eric Goodman. Uh, Part of the busy weekend, uh, soccer, football, football and football, baseball. It's not stopping the crowds from coming there, is it? You know, no, no, there's still the sellout streak continues. But what it is doing, as you said, is we're getting texts like, you know, hashtag fire Josh Wolf. Yeah. Yeah, So, you know, year three, the expectation, especially with nearly a run to the to the championship last year, and a lot of the same cast, you know, the coach is going to take, he's going to wear that a little bit. That uh, you know, with a lot of the same players, why are we so bad, so much different this year? And as you asked appropriately, is does the league figured out Josh Wolf and how he likes to attack? But uh, that's the soccer side. We've got baseball. Uh, you, you, hey Ty, how you feeling about the Rangers and Astros this weekend, my friend? The Rangers will start a um, a about a month long stretch without Corey Seager. They're they're starting shortstop and superstar. He's out with a hammy, hammy, hammy problem. Yeah, they got a young guy, Josh Smith, gonna replace him. He's bat- is he the guy that does all the Twitter with his wife? I haven't seen that. No, but he is batting under two hundred. Uh, but he's more of a defensive. Well, I think when he was at Round Rocky, and his wife did all kinds of like TikTok videos and stuff, okay. um, kind of about life in the minors kind of thing. I'll have to check. Kind that of out. a baseball diary. Uh, but yes, uh, and and you better you know the last two years Houston has dominated this series. They've gone twenty eight and ten head to head against the Rangers the last two years, and it's even wider if you go back to twenty seventeen. But this is the best Ranger team we've seen, and uh, Astros off to. By the way, you know, the Astros are six and seven, and some Astro fans are panicking a little bit. They've been six and seven after. 13 games for the last three years now. So three years in a row, they've been 6-7 and seven to start the campaign. So You're going to no, be 6-10 and 10 come Monday. Oh, the sweep. Whoa. Let's see. Let's see. It'll be uh, Luis Garcia against Martin Perez tonight. And uh, that's game don't one. Don't show up like the Red Sox showed up. The Sox. To Tampa. Wow. Mm-hmm. 
you know, Tampa might just be that good. You, people can say what they want about the Sox, but when you're when you've outscored your opponents in those 13 wins by 71 pump runs, you're no joke. I mean, your your pitching staff is pitching lights out, and your are they hitting home runs too? Where do they get all these home run hitters? They've, from? they've also played like the five worst teams in baseball. It's possible. When, you know, we'll see over time. But yes, they've had a. We'll see when they play the Yankees. But they're not just beating those teams; they're dominating those teams. So we'll see. Yeah, it's a big test tonight. They're going to play a winning team in Toronto. They're sitting there tied with the Yankees and overall record to start the year. No, but you ask where they hit these home runs. This kid Wander Franco. Uh, seriously, he's been the fast track kid, and everyone knew he was coming. He's now 22 years old. He is dynamite. He is just as good a young player. I mean, the base, Major League Baseball is loaded with good young players. We know that, and just talent. But uh, Wander Franco is a superstar, and uh, it's kind of, he's coming into his own. And, and finally, the Rays, who's always, who's always had good pitching, are now combining great pitching with uh, a, you know, a rock-solid lineup that can bash the baseball around, including Wander Franco. Uh, Yanni Diaz is there. I mean, they're uh, they're they're a good team, a really really good team, and uh, obviously thirteen in a row to start the year would tell you that. Uh, we'll come back when we do. We'll pick up some hot or not topics, things we've missed halfway through this busy Friday. Our man Ty will lead us through that. We'll also uh, continue some great guests and good conversation to get you into your weekend here on BNE. What's hot? And what's not? What's Hot, What's Not is brought to you by Texas Orthopedics, the largest independent orthopedic practice in Central Texas. Visit us at txortho.com to learn more and to schedule an appointment. Hot Not on a Friday, and it's a red-hot weekend. Weather looks great for all of the outdoor activities you may have. Could be a shot of a a shower, but uh, not too much. Also, as we said, tomorrow for the spring game and everything going on, it's going to climb into the low 90s tomorrow. Be in the 50s in the morning when we get cranking on Bevo Boulevard and a little warmer, but then hit 90 degrees and maybe a little little north of that tomorrow. So uh, looking forward to it, uh, the weekend that is. We also look forward to a conversation next hour and talk to our buddy Mike Craven from the uh, Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine. Uh, He is my co-host on the Eyes on Texas multicast, which we do now each week, and uh, we'll check in with Mike. His thoughts on the spring game for the Longhorns tomorrow. Also, Mike's been traveling the state. He's been down to visit. uh, the Houston Cougars for their spring practice. He was in Waco yesterday checking in on Dave Aranda and the Baylor Bears. Also, uh, TCU with the uh, the rebuilding job they have to do for Sonny Dykes. We'll check in with Mike about uh, his stops in those spots this week and uh, all opponents for the Longhorns this year. How about this on the not-hot side? You see this, Buck? A, a million, a truck full of dimes, like the currency dimes, not dime bags, not dime piece, none of that. A... Uh, a truck full of dimes in Philadelphia, valued at $200,000, was stolen while the driver was asleep. Uh, so apparently he was going to deliver these dimes. Come on, Hoofy. And uh, he was he had loaded them up in a truck, and then he took them to a Walmart parking lot where he left them and went home and took a nap. And he was getting ready for his long drive. Well, uh, police in Philadelphia are looking for someone who broke in into the unmarked truck that was parked in the parking lot. The, the 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 truck was carrying seven and a half million dimes, which is easy math seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. That's a lot of dimes. That's a, that's a heavy thing of cargo. Did he leave the keys in the truck? I don't know what he did. The dimes were headed from the Philly Philadelphia- man. They know how to get that truck started. Come on. They were headed from the Philadelphia Mint to Florida. Wow. So and each dime. When's the last time you had a dime in your hand? I, don't even, I never have change in my hand anymore. Uh, each dime weighs 2.3 grams, meaning the thieves stole more than 10,000 pounds of dimes. 
But how do they cash that in? There's no serial code like dollars. It's probably that's that's smart to steal dimes. Go to your little place that has a machine at the bank and just start dropping. How long that's gonna take? Forever. (laughs) Seven and a half million dimes counted out into cash. Take your boys and you go to different locations. Let's start. You don't think somebody's gonna see this story and say, Hey, we had a guy in here loading dimes into our machine. This guy had a trash bag. (laughs) He's gotta lay low for a little while. Well they had to be in cases. Right? I mean Yeah, they're case stuff. He was taking them to Florida from the the Philadelphia mint. And you can't t- you can't just leave the co- the truck in. I'm clearly Dude, it's seven hundred thousand dollars. I don't care what if, if it's in pennies. You don't leave the truck. I mean, you can pay in dimes. You could show up and pay for anything in dimes, can't you? Well, if you're in, if they're rolled up, <laughs> nobody's going to hold them up. You can piss someone off, but yeah. You, hey, here's your your restaurant bill. Let me I'll give pay you a, you in a bag of dimes. To. It's money. Still, <laughs> smack you in the face with that bag of dimes. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt. But uh, yeah, uh, unclear. But yeah, he he le- clearly the truck was too big to park at his house in Philadelphia, so he left it in the Walmart parking lot. Went to get a nap, good night's sleep, and then what do you know? Dude, or, you live in Philly, don't you understand what's <laughs> happening here? Yeah, you know, this sounds like an inside job. You don't think he was a part of that deal? Oh, wow. I fell asleep. Man, there you go. What well, Ty? What do you have for us in hot or not? A topic or two we've missed halfway through a busy Friday. Shaquille O'Neal, Shaq. Uh, on his podcast, The Big Pod, this week, said that uh, Angel Reese, you know, national champion of the, on the women's basketball team there at LSU, said that she is probably the greatest athlete ever to come out of LSU sports, male or female. And everybody kind of looked at him side-eyed. Shaq said Dang. that? Shaq said that, yes. Like Shaq went to LSU. Yeah. What's the guy you buy okay, your bagel? What's Beckham. your short list? I mean, uh, greatest football player of all time is Joe Burrow, right? Yes. That's Is that debatable? I mean, he led him to a national championship. He had the greatest offensive season maybe quarterbacks ever had. Basketball, Chris Jackson was better than Shaq at LSU. Chris Jackson was a better player than Shaq, but Shaq would probably get the nod. Yeah, Shaq is going to get that nod for sure. LSU's had some dudes at baseball in their time. Including Albert Joey Bell, Ben McDonald. Was she even the was leading Alex scorer? Alex Bregman. Joey Bell, was that him fighting his dad? Was he, the... he went to LSU. Yeah. Alex Bregman. But Angel Reese, according to Shaq. I ain't buying. You know, we appreciate all your, they're a dime a dozen texts. Lolo Jones. Now. How about Lolo Jones? That's who, yeah. She was pretty pissed off about that comment. She's still a virgin? <laughs> She's not no, married. She said she that. wasn't giving it up until she got married. A.C. Green. Rolo, yeah. Pete Maravich. Pete Maravich, nice one. Chris Jackson was kind of a Pete Maravich clone while he was yes, playing he was. for LSU. Well, he tried to be. Uh, Joe Burrow for football for sure. Right, we're back. We'll pick up these conversations. We'll also check in with Mike Craven. He's been touring the uh, spring practices of uh, Texas opponents in 2023. So we'll talk with him. His thoughts on the spring game as well. Uh, B&E with you on a Friday. Texas football coach Steve Sarkeesian. This looks like my team. Mm. And it's year three. I said it feels and looks like my team. The, the way the players talk, the way they act, what they look like, the way they move, the way they run, how we practice, the speed, the tempo, all those things, man, like, okay, now we're about ready to go. This is, this is what it's supposed to look like. The Texas Spring Game, Saturday at 1, pregame at 11 a.m. from Bevo Boulevard on The Horn. QC Kinetics, folks, a location in Austin and in Round Rock. 
just make the phone call. That's the number one thing I'm telling you. Uh, if you live your life in chronic pain, and it's a daily thing, it's not if it's going to hurt, just how severe that day, um, and weather changes, and all of a sudden your knee gets even more cranky than usual, your hip, your shoulder, your lower back. If it's just a, a common, a constant occurrence, at least make the call to our friends at QC Kinetics and learn how people are finding relief and the relief that they're seeking with the regenerative treatments at QC Kinetics, either location, Round Rock and Austin. And all you do is get in there and they'll, they'll have answers to your questions of how it works and why it works. It's taking your body's own healthy blood cells, highly concentrated, and then injected back into the affected area to promote the relief that you're seeking, right? Regenerating that tissue, uh, bringing down the inflammation, relieving the pain, and then uh, getting you back to being the active person you want to be. There are so many testimonials and people who will tell you just how their lives have been changed for the good by making that phone call and getting in and seeing the people at QC Kinetics, and all you have to do is call them. Heck, you can get in early next week. They'll have a, a spot for you, and if you choose to take the treatments and do it, uh, you you know those are in-office things. Things. These are not, there's no downtime. You can do it during your lunch hour, uh, during the day, and uh, have the treatments as you go through the through the, through the the weeks, and uh, you'll find the relief that you're seeking. 593-4303, the phone number. That's 512-593-4303. Make the call now to QC Kinetics.